so many people that are hiding uh, from their calling because they feel like it's supposed to look a certain way or that they could only go down one path. And Myron Golden, he would say, whether you prepare yourself or not, your time is gonna come. Wow. And when that time comes, it's either gonna expose you or it's gonna reveal you. Wow. And you don't wanna be exposed. <laughs> we all, like, let's just say we all wanna be great. I would imagine that. I mean, if you don't wanna be great, I would ask you to like go find a church and get help. Like, <laughs> I feel like your life, your podcast, or yes, served as a borrowed belief for me. So let me give you some context. What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. Now, like, let's just get to it. The whole secular, sacred divide. There is no distinction in, in the scriptures. Some of us have trust issues with God. And some of us, yeah, it's like, does God really got us? You can't engage the culture with the gospel that first has not engaged you. Like, you know how people are like, oh, that's just who I am. No. no. <laughs> drop the mic. Drop, drop the mic. Drop the mic. Shaping the code. What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. I am excited about our guest today. Uh, this brother right here has inspired me on many levels. He's a husband, he's a father, he's a pastor, he's a content creator, he's an entrepreneur, he does it all, and uh, I am thrilled to have him on the podcast. We got none other than Omar with us. What's good, brother? Dude, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming all the way down to Las Vegas. Of course. And uh, filming a podcast with me. That's of fun. Course. I had to. I had to. I, uh, As a pastor and content creator, I've taken much inspiration from what you've got going on, and I had to come and see for myself, and so... Uh, it's an honor for me and a privilege. And so thank you for your hospitality, opening up your home, your place. Uh, yeah. Your studio is fire. It's cool to actually be in the room. I've That's seen it on YouTube, but to be in the place where the magic That's happens. funny. It's funny because, like, I don't get the, you know, I don't realize what people are thinking all the time. Yeah. As far as, like, this, like the space I film in. Because I post it. You know, I'm posting on stories, but realizing that, like, yeah. I do that with my, with creators I admire, That's you know. Right. And so, uh, no, it's it's cool. I'm honored that, like, people think the same thing yeah, yeah 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 no that's what's up so let me let me ask you this you you started i don't you started content creation in october am i mistaken or were you doing it before yeah so i have i've been doing video for 15 years that's what it is okay uh but that was like high school i took broadcast journalism as okay. my elective and then i fell in love with video like i fell in love with the process you know coming up with ideas you know editing the videos that was using premiere pro this is 2007 wow uh 2006 and then Fast forward, I mean, like the journey, fast forward, really you know, now talking about it quickly. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I started an agency. Um, I was doing agency work around 2014. Okay. I started teaching on the online, started teaching online uh, around 20, at the end of 2018. Mm. And that was on a, on a YouTube channel called Think Media. Oh, yeah. So I was teaching video on Think Media. Okay. And, I, and I still kind of do right now. Like it's not as much as I used to, like, during 2020, 2021, 2022, like I just went ham. I have over 300 videos on that channel wow. and they have accumulated uh, to over 60 million views, those, those videos. And yeah. I've learned a lot. I learned a lot about video, learned a lot about um, YouTube. Yeah. And so, but recently about six months ago, started a podcast, the department and just, you know, leveraging relationships I have and, and, and platforming people's genius. Yeah is and i didn't realize the, pl the the podcast would do so well oh yeah you're crushing it um thank you and yeah. so 
yeah, that's kind of what I got going on. And, and I help entrepreneurs uh, with video. I help I help them, you know, mindset wise, get get over that stuff. But I also help them with the technicality to, yeah. to make it simple. Yeah. And um, and it's been a it's been a fun journey helping that group of people. That's awesome. OK, so that makes a lot of sense because you started the department mm -hmm. in October and you've been doing so well so quickly but as i'm hearing your story it all makes sense you've been putting in your 10,000 hours you're oh, you're new For to sure. the, the the department podcast but you've been making videos uploading videos teaching for a very very and long then, yeah time. and like i've i've helped people launch successful podcasts yeah. and just behind the scenes kind of guy so you know, you know what it yeah i took a there was a company locally here that did lashes like lash extensions okay. And, um, and they came to me and they needed help with their YouTube. And so I helped them with like tutorial based videos yeah. and then they launched a podcast and, you know, they would probably be one of the top brands in the industry huh. and, um, you know, doing, I think they're doing a million a month and, Incredible. and it's because they built a very strong, trustworthy brand online mm -hmm. and let, allow people to consume their content. Yeah. Um, and so, and then the think media podcast, you know, was, that started in like my living room. So, uh, yeah, like you say, a lot of behind the scenes stuff um, and and that has led, I guess, into, you know, what people see now. Right. You know, they they talk about how we're always in seasons of preparation. And um, my business coach always quotes Abraham Lincoln. He says, Abraham Lincoln says, uh, prepare yourself and perhaps your time will come. Yeah. But Myron Golden, he would say, whether you prepare yourself or not, your time is going to come. Wow. And when that time comes, it's either going to expose you or it's going to reveal you. Wow. And you don't want to be exposed. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. so Drake says, I pray the fakes get exposed. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't want you to be exposed. You know, so I, I think what people are seeing is they're seeing the reveal yeah. of just years of preparation, you know, unseen work and all those things. Okay. Yeah. So as you're talking, I'm reminded of the story of Moses. Mm -hmm. um, Moses, you know, grew up in Egypt in the palace. He went to the best schools. He was exposed to the best teachers, had the best mentors. He knew the systems. He knew how things worked. And then we know his story. You know, he murdered a man. He ran away. And then when it was time for God to deliver his people out of Egypt, he, he said, Moses, you're my guy. And Moses resisted it. Moses kept saying things like, you know, I have a stuttering problem. I'm not the right one. You know, all the excuses that we yeah. like to give God as well. Um, but one thing that stood out to me, and I, and I discovered this over the last couple of years, is, you know, Moses didn't think he was prepared, but he was the most prepared. Mm. He knew the system. He had the relationships. He knew the government. He knew he was educated. And so he was prepared without knowing that he was prepared. He was in school without knowing he was in school. Right. And sometimes when I look back on my life, I didn't know that God was training me. Right. There were things that I was doing that was preparing me for moments like this. I remember when I was in college, my youth pastor asked me to lead a Bible study. And at that time, I didn't really know a lot of theology. I didn't really know a lot of the Bible. So I led with questions. And I didn't know that that would prepare me to be a podcaster. Mm. The, the art of asking questions, the art of conversation, the 100. art of communication. I didn't, I, wasn't, I didn't know I was going to do this, but the Lord had kind of set my so path. And so speak to that a little bit, like because you're, you're not only podcasting, creating content, helping businesses, teaching courses. You're also, there's just so much that you're doing. And when you look back on your life, um, was there ever a moment that you can look back and say, oh, this is, this is a defining moment. This is, this is what the Lord was doing in my life to prepare me for mm. what I'm living in today. Dude, 100%. Yeah. Like when I think about 
a defining moment in the journey. It was around, it was actually around 2016. Okay. And this is, um, I was working full time at a church mm. from 2012 up into around this point, 2016. Yeah. And, and I felt like my time was done. Yeah. You know, I, and when I say I felt it, I just felt like through a various, various circumstances, what's, what was going on in my heart, how, what I was processing with my wife. Yeah. And I just felt like, like God was just moving me on. And it's, mm. it's hard to like move on from something that's really good. Like working in ministry is a good thing, especially at the church you get saved at, the church you got married at, the church you found your your, your best friends are at and your community is at. And like, why do I feel this, you know, thing? Uh, But, you know, I actually go on a three-day fast and get clarity. You know, I feel like God gives me a timeline. And... And so he, you know, it's almost like finish out strong was kind of like his impression. Like that was why I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying. Yeah. So, I, you know, it was conference season. I could have, I, I felt what I felt before conference season, yeah. but I felt God, God was saying finish strong, you know? So yeah. just went through, you know, all the various conferences our church would put on at the time yeah. at the church I was going at. Yeah. And, um, and then I find myself, you know, just freelancing and doing video work. The defining moment actually came a year after that because, uh, after I, I left that that job, I got hit up by my now pastor, Pastor Jabin Chavez. And at the time, he was just like, he was just praying about planting. Yeah. And God put Vegas on his heart. And they used to live here, uh, but they've been living in Orange County. And he's like, dude, I can't shake Vegas. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm in, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it, Along the journey, I, I've had these moments where I knew I had a pastoral heart. Mm. You know, I never went to Bible college or anything. Yeah. I, I've been discipled in biblical interpretation. Yeah. I understand how to... Uh, to the best of my ability through observation and resource and yeah. to, to come to the what 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 is this scripture saying type thing yeah. and then at the same time compassion for the the crowd as jesus yeah. looks into the crowd and compassion fills his heart yeah. something about people like man i just i just yeah. felt i i wanted people to know god i wanted people to yeah. to be discipled and, and grow in the lord yeah. but at the same time i'm doing this business thing you know right. and i i wrestled the tension and the tension was do i pursue pastoral you know and ministry yeah. or do i pr- pursue business and entrepreneurship and stuff and i was i was in this predicament and it was hard to actually decide because personally i didn't see it modeled yeah. the way like yeah. a, a behind the scenes creative type of person also the person that is uh le- can lead from the front yeah. can communicate can be looked at to as an example right. and and what i see what i saw was like a very traditional route P- pastors that have you know, wives that lead worship and then they're their communicator or whatever, you know, like the there women's was, ministry. Yeah. There was just like yeah. this, like this image, or I'd say, you know, this picture yeah. of what it would traditionally look like. Yeah. And that defining moment was a friend of mine. Her name's Heather Torres. Uh, I was telling her that I'm wrestling with this tension, yeah. that I'm a little insecure about going all in with the camera stuff because mm-hmm. I feel like people wouldn't take me serious as a pastor. Wow. And and like wow. the defining moment was what she said. She said, Omar, for you, it's both. And it was just like, yeah. wait a second. You know, she's like, and then she was like, she just went on. She said, it, it doesn't, it's not supposed to look like everybody else's. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to look like yours. Like this is, this is the path God has you on. So she's like, Omar, you have the grace to do both. Yeah. And that moment, I literally remember where we were standing. It was the link down on the strip where the big Ferris wheel is. And yeah. we were having a meetup for Think Media and it was it was before everybody was going to come. Like I remember that moment. Like yeah. something broke off me, yeah. and um, and it was like, okay, I'm going to accept 
the call to do both, right? Mm -hmm. And by accepting, I mean, I'm going to now walk in yeah. without hesitation. Yeah. I'm going to go all in on this way, this way and I'm yeah. also going to go all in in ministry. Yeah. And in that, it's just been really cool to now see that I am a model yeah. for a lot right. of creatives. I'm a model right. for a lot of people that don't aren't aren't seen and they 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 feel a call to and when I say be in front, I mean like, you know, stewarding and having right. knowing the responsibility that comes with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are so many people that are hiding yeah. uh, yeah. from their calling because they feel like it's supposed to look a certain way yeah. or that they could only go down one path. Mm. And so when I say the grace to do both, you ask, how am I able to do all these things? It honestly is, is I, I haven't felt a resistance. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't feel a resistance. Not to say it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't, I'm not going to call it like hard because, but I had to navigate it yeah. still. Yeah. And in, in so many ways, I, I know I'm paving a way yeah. for a lot of people now, especially seeing people's response. But when I say the grace to do both, I feel like the wind is at my back to do all these yeah. things as opposed to me going against the wind, yeah. you know. And this is where I feel like this is why it's so important to grow in your self-awareness, to, uh, to know, you know, why God's called you to do what he's called you to do. Because if it's out of alignment or I would say you know, what Jesus says in the message paraphrase, um, you know, tap into this unforced mm -hmm. rhythm of grace. That's and that's, it, it, that's what, how do you know you're doing what you're supposed to do? Good, There's a level, it feels unforced. Yeah. You know, you're just, you're just here. You're just, you just came to Vegas, yeah, yeah. you know, not to say what didn't cost you anything, not to say you didn't have to figure out some, you know, other ways to like, you know, make this trip worthwhile and all that stuff. Right. But you're here. Yeah. You have friends that live here. That's yeah. cool. You're, you know, like, so, Yes, that's how that's how you know. But I would yeah. say that was the defining moment, and and it and it it taught me this, and I'll shut up. No, that's good. I, I'm, <laughs> it, it taught yeah. me it taught me that there are different kinds of beliefs that we must tap into. Mm. So yes, one yeah. way of believing yeah. is you build belief. You can build the belief to do a thing, and that's internal. That happens through, you know, your own encounters and your own devo time or whatever. Like you build the belief to do a thing. Right. Then there's. Um, there's bought belief, mm -hmm. you know, it's, th this is why it's important to pay for right. development yeah. because when you pay, you pay attention. Yeah, like I'm buying, I'm buying the belief to, to, to learn. I'm buying, I'm buying into something. This is why, I mean, it's, it's hard to believe in God being a provider if you don't buy into that. Yeah. And how do you right. do that? Through the tithe and through That's the offering. Right. That's right. And then the third is, is borrowed belief. Mm. This is when somebody else has the belief for you. And so I, you know, I think about the friends that, opened up the ceiling and Jesus looks at and the friends and say, because of their faith. Yeah. So the paralyzed man was able to borrow their faith to get their breakthrough. Yeah. And in that moment, Heather, I, I borrowed her belief mm -hmm. and, and, and the journey is constant. It's always that it's always, I need to build belief for this. I need to borrow the belief from this person. Yeah. I need to level up and trust you know, that I'm going to buy into this. And so, th I mean, that this is why I now heavily invest in personal development yeah, yeah, yeah. because I know myself. Yeah. If so many people have given me free resources because they, you're like, dude, I, you, you've been giving, you've been giving so much good game for me. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I just want to let you into my community. I want to let you into this. And I don't usually look into it because it didn't cost me anything. Yeah. So, um, so, so I would say, yeah, that, that's kind of the vibe. Yeah. I, uh, let me, let me say something, Omar. I, I feel like your life, your podcast, your yes, is served as a borrowed belief for me. So let me give you some context of how this interview even happened. So I, again, I'm just on YouTube trying to learn how to grow in my craft. You know, I'm, this is the year where I stepped out and I'm like, okay, 2024, 
I'm going to make this a business. It's not just a passion project, but I'm going to actually pursue this thing. So I'm looking at different YouTubers, different podcasters, trying to learn, gain wisdom. And I came across one of your videos. Which one was it? Um, the, the How to Level Up in 2024. Is that what you titled? You had your two... Uh, oh, so the, the content game plan. Content game plan, yeah. Dude, so your first video that you saw of me was my podcast. Yeah. That's actually it's, insane. It's, it's your podcast. I mean, because yeah. I, ha- I, mean, I have six years of backlog on YouTube on Think Media from a different angle. You know, the angle is tutorial, you know, camera reviews, camera setups, and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I didn't come across that's, that. That's cool. That blesses me. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Because I was insecure to make that episode. Really? Yeah. No way. And I say that I say that because that was my first quote-unquote solo episode. Yeah, I invited my team on. Yeah. But before it, I was like, bro, the only reason why people watch the podcast is because I have guests. The only reason why, like, <laughs> I like I'm, I'm going to be the majority person talking. Yeah. So I say all that to say oh, that, yeah. that blesses me to know that you know, and hopefully somebody listening or watching this would, would be encouraged that the insecurity is the, the thing that you just need to get through because you're robbing somebody else from experiencing. Absolutely. Go, go ahead. I actually sent that video to two of my friends, my best friends in the world. And, you know, he also, if he actually used to live in Vegas, he was a pastor out here. And ironically, they were in Vegas the week before and they were at City Light. And they're like, Yo, we know him. He's one of the pastors at City Light. And I was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, we actually, as our, as we were leaving the church, we saw him. We were too shy to say hello. They wanted to say hello. But Dang it, dude. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want people to feel that way. And if they feel that way, then a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, I'll tell them. He's cool. You got to yeah. just say what's up. Yeah. And uh, then we started, because we're church planters, and we're like, okay, not only is Omar killing it when it comes to content creation, and I feel like I can learn a lot from him, but he's faithfully serving his local context he's pastoring a community and he's blessing people in a different avenue yeah and uh that was the moment where i was like you can do both for me because one of the reasons why i was resisting the 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 business of podcasting is because i felt like i can't be a pastor and do this at the same time how how does that work my only reference was tim ross and tim ross left pastoring to do podcasts. so i'm like do i have to leave pastoring to podcast and Mm. so your yes, your obedience, your ability to do both has inspired me to do both. And Dude. to your point, like you have awesome. this grace that accompanies you, the strength that accompanies you so that you have what you need to do both. You said something earlier about um, leaving a good thing. And I, I think one of the reasons why people don't live in all that God has for them is they're afraid to walk away, not from the bad situations, but from the good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make sense. This job pays well doesn't make sense. This city, this is where my community's at. doesn't make sense. Uh, this is all I know. Why would I step out and do something else? This seems comfortable. This seems safe. Can you talk to the art of letting go of the good in order to possess the great or whatever God has for you? Dude, really good. I think the first thing that does come to mind is you have to, this is why it's important to know the voice of God. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's unfortunately, you know, I feel the voice of God and, and also submitting to authority, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if I feel something and there's a misalignment, you know, with, with, with someone that I, I seek spiritual wisdom from yeah. and the person that could tell me no, mm-hmm. uh, if there's a misalignment there, you, you need to see it through. Like yeah. when, so 
yes, the voice of God will, or what God tells you should override all human, you know, stuff. And I get that like people are imperfect. I get all that stuff. If your brain's going like, nah, dude, like, cause of course the pastor's going to say you're not called to leave. No, I mean, yes, maybe, I don't know. So, but so I think there's this like dynamic and it's a tension, right? It's a tension to, to be managed, but I would say it's, it's weighing out the impact that will be made from this decision because God's not going to have you leave something good for less. Yeah, right. Good, so, and sometimes impact goes deep. Mm. So I left a large community wow. and by leave, I like, I felt like my time was up yeah. to go start a, a new, uh, uh, help my pastor start a new church, right, right. which kind of goes a little bit backwards. Cause it's like, we don't know how this is going to look, you know, and I'm definitely not getting paid for this. You know, like there's, a, there's all these other things, but when I, when I go back, I'm so grateful. I had the thought like, this, this part of town needs a church like this. And yeah, there's also, you know, like th that's where my, my, my heart went. My heart went to like, dang, if, if there was another church, you know, that, that was spirit filled that, yeah. you know, preached the Bible yeah. and, and did community really well, yeah. this would be good for the city of Las Vegas. Yeah. So it was like an impact decision. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of people make it about a little bit about themselves, right? It's yeah. like, man, I'm, I'm over this city. Like I am, I'm tired of this community even though it's good, even though the city's good, but you're, you're leaving for self, like maybe I say selfish reasons. We all have selfish reasons why we do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God's in it for your best interest. I understand that. Yeah. But the, but sometimes that move doesn't equate to the impact that he's wanting you to make. Yeah. So, you know, those, those voices we have to wrestle, you know, our own voice, yeah. the enemy's voice and God's voice. Yeah, yeah. But I would, I would say um, thematically, God has always spoken to me and it's always been connected to impact. Yeah. It, it's never just about me. Yeah, powerful. I think we need to lean into this a little bit because I think we do live in a cultural context in a day and age where people make decisions uh, based off of financial gain, uh, fame, success. Uh, but what I'm hearing is you wanted to lead your life in such a way where you wanted to be obedient to God and make an impact in people's lives. Obviously, success can be a byproduct of that and, you know, influence is a byproduct of that. But can you talk about why it's important to value impact over everything else? I think about Elijah, who when God's called him to the thousands, he's going to show up and minister. But then when he calls him to the one widow, he's going to walk away from the, the crowd, the mm. thousands to serve that one person for yep. three years. And for him, it wasn't about what he could get from God. It was about how he can get to others or give to others what he had already received from God. And I think sometimes, even for me, the temptation is how would this benefit me? And yeah. How would I gain out of this? But really when you're living a life to impact others, um, you're resting in what God has already blessed you with. Good. Yeah. I think that the simple answer is because the cost of not being fulfilled is not worth it. That's why. It's a bar. So it's a bar. I think we're all chasing fulfillment. That's good. Ecclesiastes says God's put eternity in our hearts. Yeah. And so until you connect not only with your maker, mm. but also do the thing your maker made you to do, yeah. you will not you will live in a life of perpetual unfulfillment, which is just not good for the soul. Right. right? So right. Yeah. why should I chase impact over anything else? Yeah. Because to live a life fulfilled is worth being paid less for doing something else where I will sit empty yeah. with everything that I thought I wanted, you know? Yeah, no, that's powerful. That's yeah. really good. 
Um, as you start this podcast, the department podcast, what what is it that you set out to do? Like what what's your heartbeat behind it and, and what's a win for you? Yeah. You know, I I think it was a mixture of a lot of people were asking. They just were saying like, Omar, you should have a podcast. So that there was a lot of that happening. And then the other side of it was I realized that like I do have a lot of cool people that do cool things that I respect, you know, like I feel like I've attracted a very um, interesting, you know, community of people that I'm either in relationship with or even I'm attracted to, yeah. right? So a lot of the podcasts that I've done up to this point, I think we've done 20 episodes so far. Yeah. They've been with people that I've had genuine relationships with, minus I would say Chris Doe. I met him a couple of days before, but I've been following his stuff for years. Yeah. And so that, that, that's been the best performing one. But I, I, I had, I, you know, I think that was a very God orchestrated uh, opportunity, yeah. but I love doing it with people I know. So what did I set out to do with the department? It, it was kind of like two ways. It was a way to create one highly valuable piece of content a week, which is, which is a model I teach. I teach a model where, you know, if you can commit one video a week on YouTube, that is just put, put a lot of effort into it, yeah. that it would actually feed in a lot of other things that you're doing. So I just wanted to create that for myself. So like, like I was saying, I was making videos for Think Media for, I don't know, we're saying like five years. Mm -hmm. uh, it started with like two videos a month, then we went to four videos a month, then I was doing eight videos a month, and then I scaled down to four videos a month, and then since the baby came, I've been kind of like trying to come back to four videos. <laughs> um, but but I realized that, you know, that's that's a side of Omar that people are, are are, are going to get help with. It's very practical advice. There's very, you know, helps how to edit video, what camera to buy, right. how to use your smartphone to make content. Yeah. But then there's this other side where like, yeah, I've lived, I guess I've lived a, an a interesting life with all that, all, all my interests and all my, all the things. And so I would say like the heart of the podcast was to not only platform other people's genius, mm -hmm. but it's to also let people, you know, get a side of me, I guess that, you know, is more, I don't want to say long-winded, but just more personal yeah. and transparent and authentic. Yeah. And, you know, the edits aren't crazy. Honestly, I use AI to edit the 95% of the podcast. And then Art is the one who does, like, the intros and make them, uh, you know, nice. Because, you know, you want, a, you want a good intro on YouTube. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just going in circles. But it was kind of that. And so so when I, I knew the beginning of the last summer of 2023, okay, I'm going to set out this summer to capture as many conversations as I can. And I was able to probably get, I think, five or six. Mm. People would either fly into Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I would reach out to people that I know that would be cool to interview. There was a couple people at our church. Like, there's a UFC fighter at our church that I got. Uh, uh, some dude that was in town just for a convention. So Vegas is a cool melting pot. People yeah. typically come to Vegas. Yeah. And so... Um, and so I was able to leverage that idea. And, and yeah, dude, I again, I... I I just knew that I was just going to do one one episode a week. That was, and and a lot of times how it performed, I obviously didn't care about the performance. Yeah. I look at the statistics because I want to do things better. Yeah. And it was I, it was on the 10th episode that like it was the one with Shalene Johnson. It just really took off. Mm. And so I've, I've been I've been trying to unpack that episode for three months now. Mm. And why, you know, and then and because of that, because of mm. me unpacking it, it has led to success yeah. because because. I'm not interviewing known people all the time. I mean, especially most people don't know everybody I'm interviewing. Right, right, so right. how I contextualize their genius is not only I found is now serving the individual that I'm interviewing. Yeah, yeah. And now it's actually people are noticing that, oh, dang, there's something about Omar's podcast. 
and I want to be on it. Yeah. And again, I kind of still weigh it with relationship. I'm not just letting, I'm not just going to, just because you want to come on my podcast, dude, don't be weird, okay? But, <laughs> I've got a book I'm promoting, Omar. <laughs> I know. Come on your podcast. But I, I have a friend who charges like 25 grand to be on his podcast. And I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I mean, if you, hey, hey I don't know. I'm trying to figure hey, that out. One but, day, it's coming. But yeah, dude, so it, in so many ways, it, it, having a long form piece of content that goes out every week that is actually yeah. care, you know, like the, there's there's value there. Yeah. It it also feeds into the the flow of uh, of what I do on Instagram, what I do in emails, um, and and then it's it's been really beneficial. It's been cool, dude. Honestly, yeah. I I didn't anticipate. I think right by that by the time us filming this, my IG is actually disabled, which is actually my heart hurts. Yeah, but uh, but I've I think I've grown like maybe maybe sixty thousand followers from repurposing the podcast, Jeez. and a lot of the times it's not even me talking, right? Yeah. And a lot of this skill, honestly. Comes from. comes from church days when I used to make uh, church promos uh, and I'd have to watch f- sermons uh, to find clips. Uh-huh. And I, I knew that the clip needed, yep. didn't need context. So I couldn't pick a clip that yeah. made no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, in 30 seconds, he contextualized everything he's trying to say and it makes sense and it goes with the theme of the conference. So like those, in, that, that, that intuition was built yes. 10 years ago, you know? That, so, yeah. uh, but all that to say, it's still, it's still a cool workflow that I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs churches should actually implement yeah i i really do think the church has birthed a lot of dope oh, people i 100. mean like even musicians like yes. a lot of your favorite artists got their start in the church yes and putting their ten thousand ten thousand hours there yeah there's, so, there's nowhere there's no other place no. like the church no. to get consistent no. hands-on mentorship of mm. uh, you know experience experience yeah. for free for free that's right. Like exposure. Ex- yeah, yeah. All that like, yeah, yeah. and, and especially the type of church you may find yourself in, they, you're not buying the equipment. They're buying the equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you get to use that equipment. And like, I live in Las Vegas where people pay a lot of money to get, to do like internships at these, you know, shows and stuff. Like you're talking yeah. lighting and sound and visuals and design. And like, there's all these things. I just, honestly, I'm trying to equate it. Like there's no other place than the local church. No other place. Yeah. That's right. That's why you should be plugged into your local church. <laughs> yeah, <facts. laughs> Just plug the church in right there. Um, but you said something that has really stood out to me. I, um, you were talking about looking at your best performing podcast episode and trying to figure out why it performed well. Um, theologian Drizzy Drake once said, <laughs> uh, Nike doesn't pay me to do it. They pay me to do it again. Mm. And I think the key to successful people um, are, the key is studying what makes you successful. 100 um, people who are successful aren't successful on accident. And if they do become successful on accident, um, they're not going to be successful again because they're not putting in the work and the hours to actually understand what the heck just happened and Mm -hmm. how can we duplicate that. Right. And so can you talk to about one thing I really value about you is you're a believer, you love Jesus, you're a pastor, but you're also committed to excellence. And I think sometimes church folk, sometimes church leaders and pastors oftentimes change sometimes to oftentimes oftentimes <laughs> <laughs> they they rely too heavily on the the holy spirit and not so much on their part you know i think we serve an excellent god we serve a god who cares about the details a god that's intentional about every little thing that he does yeah i was telling my team on sunday if the sun was just one or two inches closer to earth we'd all be toast Right. That that level of precision. Yeah. You know, 
And um, I see it in the work that you do, the content you produce, even now as you're talking about, hey, how do I duplicate what I just did? How do I make sure that I continue to be excellent? Can you talk to about, talk about why that's important and maybe even diagnose the problem? Like, why, why don't we see this and why don't we see it from the church? Mm. Yeah, I, uh, there is a, you know, the principle of first mention in scripture is when something is mentioned and then mentioned later on, look at it. give it a lot of attention when the first time it was mentioned the first time somebody was filled with the holy spirit in the bible was not a priest it wasn't a um you know uh, a prophet it was a it was an architect it was a create i would say a creative bezalel and he was in charge of building the church and how it looked how how funny is it that the guy who was first filled or at least recorded yeah. that he was filled with the spirit Talk about that it. the purpose of him being filled with the spirit was to make the church look a certain way yeah that's right and and so there's something to say there about why are we even creative to begin with mm. i would argue to build the local church and you know you talk about how a lot of creatives and musicians and art graphic designers they also they all got their start in the church yeah. and and then what ends up happening is they use what they've learned and then they take it into the world, but they usually forget about the church. church that's right. The only reason why I would say anyone is filled with the spirit, yeah. I wouldn't say the only reason, one of the main reasons why people are filled with the spirit is to build the church. Good. And so, so good, why is it important to be, you know, detailed oriented, how to be excellent in what you do? Because men look at the outward. Yeah. God looks at the heart. But that when that when that scripture gets preached, they they say men look at the outward, but God looks at the heart, and they emphasize God looks at the heart. God looks at oh, no, we, men look at the outward though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Are we trying to reach man? Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then we need to care about the outward. That's right. That's you know, right. so yeah. so excellence is important because of that. Yeah. It's it's a tool. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I think about and wow, and, and and it's, it's a tool. we want to allow we want to allow what is perceived to line up with what's at heart for sure. Um, and and again, attention to be managed. Like you don't want to, it's not all about how it looks. Yeah. It, it, it's all about the heart and it's all about how it looks. Yeah. And, and so, I, I mean, it's kind of funny cause like we want to choose, but I think there's, you you could find that middle. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just would, yeah. I mean, I would, I would say it's, uh, excellence is not having it all and doing it all with all that you can, that you want it. Excellence is doing the best you can with what you have. That's good. So, That's good. um, some people think, you know, when people walk into my studio and they see the production quality of the podcast, they assume because of what they've seen that it's going to be like this gnarly thing. And because I know less is more. Yeah. And because I know I'm, 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 I'm looking at cameras that like will help me achieve certain things and have features that will make my life easier and actually make the experience better for the person watching or listening to the podcast. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not spending as much as people would usually spend to accomplish what it is, which is the beautiful thing about pursuing excellence, like assess what you have and, and like, how can you maximize that? Uh, in quality form, visually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest reason why we should care about excellence is because people are watching. Yeah. And I don't say that like just watching your videos. I say like, no, just like watching you. Your like, life. yeah, you're watching your life. That's right. And so, yeah, excellence is more about how things feel more than what is seen. Yeah. 
and people can feel excellence. Yeah, You'll walk into a space and be like, whoa. You know, I don't know if you smell it. Like, the people always talk about how good it smells at the studio. Yeah. And I have I have a thing, intentional purifier thing that like, yeah. and the, the volcano scent that's from anthropology yeah. that a lot of people don't really recognize, but it has like a cool little, I don't know, like. The little things. The little things, yeah, I right? I so, um, yeah, and I don't know how much of it is, you know, personality based, um, you know, how much of it lines up with Enneagram 5, yeah. but um, I think we all can do better at being excellent pe human beings. That's right. No, I believe that, especially the church, mm -hmm. church folk. That's so good. You also talked about um, working what's in your hand, making the most of what you've got. Uh, I hear people talk about this all the time, man. I would start the podcast if I had, you know, 100,000 subscribers. You know, I, I would start preaching if, mm. you know, people would show up to my church. And, and, and I remember, bro, I remember um, we, before we planted our church, we were a young adult ministry. And there was a season where it was just the worship team and then like two other people. But I, I was committed to doing the best I can with the six, seven people in the room. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that has paid dividends six, seven, eight years later. Now I can operate in a level of gifting um, that most people don't because I took the five, six, seven people seriously. Yeah. And I think people don't take their 10 subscribers seriously. People don't take the 50 members that they have at their church seriously. People don't take the thousand followers that they have on Instagram seriously. Um, they're waiting for something to pop in order to take it seriously. Um, can you speak to like the importance of, yeah, just being excellent, being the best that you can given what you have and why yeah. that's important and how that's going to actually work in your favor? Yeah. I, years down the line. A lot of people that struggle, because I help a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, and I actually consult churches too on, you know, like on, on social media, content creation, growth, right? Like yeah. everybody just wants to grow. Yeah. But like there's this church I'm, I'm, I'm consulting right now and their pastor has like 23,000 followers yeah. and they have kind of been stuck at 23. And, you know, they think the problem or they think the, the, the problem and the solution is we need to grow. I think what they need to do is re-engage. Mm. So I think what's funny is we, yes, we want to, we want growth online and we want growth in numbers in every way, shape or form. But what if you put your efforts in re-engaging and who's already there, which is what you did, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like usually when I go on, you know, people's accounts who want to grow, I see that they are getting comments. Yeah. I see that people are viewing their stuff, yeah. but like you don't, you're not engaging with them. Yeah. And so you're trying to do too much outbound type of content rather than, you know, who's already there. That's good, man. And then that, that so it's that, that's the base that grows. Yeah. You know, nobody sees like my, everybody, everybody can see the YouTube like views. Obviously it's like right there, <laughs> but nobody sees my podcast audio views. Yeah. And that has been growing exponentially. But I love that. Like, I think we're going to hit over 10,000 people this month, uh, 10,000 downloads on the podcast. But what I love about the podcast number is like, I remember when that, yeah, I would literally, I'm like, dude, there was like a, just 150, 100, 200 people in that first episode. And then it's like, it was just slowly growing, but it was, it was just serving that like group. And that, yeah. that group will grow when you serve, you know, that inner group yeah. or, and you know, there's so many ways to think about this church wise or content wise. Yeah. But I think the principle to pull out of this is rather than focusing your efforts on growing, mm -hmm. just focus your efforts on 
planting seed, good, watering seed, uh, re-engaging in who's already there. Invite people who's already know about you to what it is you're doing. Invite people deeper. And, and it's the overflow of the invitation yeah. is actually like word of mouth. And, yeah. you know, people love your brand. There's some, what also people never saw is, you know, as I make tech gear reviews, people are like go on Instagram and they DM me questions. Mm. I'm answering their questions. Yeah. I'm in yeah. the comments. Yeah, yeah. Like it's me, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And not only has that given me so much data to help me a better servant, mm. because now I'm listening to people's problems that are actually nice. near. Yeah. So I'm at the, because I'm engaging with the people I've been entrusted with, yeah. I'm becoming better to serve the masses. Good, man. So why am I able to serve the masses right now? Well, because I've I've gotten so much, you know, detailed problem solving yes. that now I can speak in in a generality that actually speaks to a specific person still, yeah, you know? That reminds me of a conversation TD Jakes had at the Breakfast Club. There, you know, he had you know, just put out a book on business and, you know, Charlemagne and those guys were asking him questions about how to be successful at business. And uh, T.D. Jake said something that was really profound, simple, but so profound. He said, uh, the most successful businessmen I know didn't seek out to be rich. They sought out to solve a problem. Yeah. If you want to solve a problem, you're going to help many, many people. And so can you speak to that? Because I, you know, I really do appreciate that about you. Even for me, when I like DM'd you on Instagram, you just never know. It's just a shot in the dark. I was like, he might not see this. If he does, he might not respond. But just I love that you were approachable and that you were there and that you were present and that you responded and it was you. Like I wasn't talking to an intern or, you know, whatever it was. But can you talk to the importance of serving people? That's the key to success. Like in order to, again, we talked about impact a little bit earlier. Yeah. But how to make an impact, you know, how to be successful. Like all of that comes back to what discovering the problem and, and, and trying to figure out your way of bringing value to the problem or solving the problem. Can you so talk, to about, yeah. talk Dude, about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, theologically, biblically speaking, we all like, let's just say we all want to be great. I would imagine that. I mean, if you don't want to be great, I would ask you to like go find a church and get help. Like, <laughs> but I know internally we all want to be great. Right. We all want to do good things and yeah. great things. But the Bible, Jesus was very clear. If you want to be the greatest, you got to be the greatest servant. Yeah. And, fighting for servanthood in in that way like how can i best serve in whatever capacity um because if you if you solve a problem i think without a servant's heart mm. i i still think you're gonna burn out or it's not gonna you know the fulfillment we'll yeah. go back to fulfillment it's good yeah. but there it feels so good to help people with their problem yeah. you know yeah. especially if you feel gifted to do it yeah like if it comes easy to you yeah like it, it still boggles my mind how much people will pay me yeah. to set up cameras and lights. Yeah, yeah. But like, apparently, when they see it, they're like, "I just do it." Yeah. But, but I'm the same way when it comes to fixing the car and cooking and like all that stuff. Like, how so, did you do that? Yeah, yeah, I don't understand. Like my in, in my brain, it does not compute. Like how you arrive to this concoction that's sitting in front of me. I'm gonna put it. In, you know, I'm gonna eat it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I would say it's just it, it's that it's when. I always say when people run out of content ideas, I'm like, well, just if you can just think of a way to serve, mm, uh, it, it's gonna, it gonna yield content ideas. Yeah, and and good. the more you help people, the more you get to choose who you want to help. Mm. And so it's something that like Alex Ramosi talks about is like if you want to make more money, then just solve rich people's problems. Yeah. Just solve solve a different person's problem yeah. that they value it at a higher level, and you yeah. can simply charge more, you know, and then you can do less of it and. And also serve them better because now you have the resource to give a really good experience or what have you. Yeah. 
you know, I hope people contextualize that for their context. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I would just say it's just like a, a thinking about like, yeah. this is why I'm, I, you know, I've been, I've been pondering this word because I feel like this word is why people are successful. Yeah. And I used to think it was passion mm. and I used to think it was like gifting. And these are all a good thing. Gifting, you know, the grace, yeah. ease. But I think what makes people successful is obsession. Mm. It's just this obsession yeah. that makes you do things irrationally, even when there isn't an immediate transaction. But the obsession is why you're getting these nuanced details on how to serve people and like you could tell me your video problems and how you want to accomplish them and I could prescribe you yeah. a setup or a workflow or whatever that'll make your life easy. Yeah. Like, and we did that before we even got started. I just saw it and I was like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna make your life easy. Yeah. Like at one chord, we removed a whole thing yeah. and it got, it, you got exposed to less. Literally. And I even said like, like, you know, we could even remove this thing. Yeah. And now, now what? Now we can travel with a more leaner setup, yeah. produce a higher quality, like all these things. Yeah. And, and that has come just from my obsession. Yeah. And so I love it. I'd say lean into that. Like if something you, you were, you were, you know, you were wired to be obsessed about certain things. I don't know, you know, whatever it is. Like if, if for some reason you care more about something than your average individual does, yeah. chances are you are supposed to use that obsession to serve other people. Yeah, that's good. That's powerful. As you're talking the whole time, I'm thinking about Kobe Bryant. Mm. He obsessed over the game of basketball. Right. Like, that's all he thought about. That's all he did. He was at practice before practice. He was at practice after practice. Dude, what's he funny about practice. Kobe Bryant, I saw a clip. Uh, I think it was like Eric Thomas yeah. telling a story about Kobe Bryant. Yeah. But, you know, everybody thinks Kobe Bryant's a ball hog. Mm. Or not everybody. A lot of people thought that. Yeah, yeah. And maybe his teammates thought that. Yeah, yeah. But Kobe's response to that, he was like, people think I'm a ball hog, but I saw what time you came to the gym and I saw what time you left. <laughs> so you want me to trust you when it matters most, yeah, yeah. when I literally see what you're doing? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm taking responsibility. Right. <laughs> does that make him a ball hog or does that make him a good steward? That's a word. You know, that's a word. So shout out to Kobe. <laughs> shout out to Kobe for sure. No, it's good. I love that. That's, that's powerful. Um, I wanted to lean into this with you a little bit in our conversation too. Um, I think that when we talk about success and money, uh, conversation gets funny in the church, yeah. especially for pastors and leaders. Right. For sure. Um, I think sometimes that, you know, we forget the fact that Jesus the number one thing he talked that's about. That's my baby, by the way. <laughs> no way. My, my son. <laughs> yeah, that's all. No, you know, I yeah. love it. Uh, no, yeah, talk about Jesus. Yeah, the number one thing he talked about wasn't hell. It wasn't holiness. You know, it wasn't serving. It was money. He talked about stewardship. Yeah. And I really do believe that um, we're called to make money and steward money. I believe every dollar has a name to it, of course. It's not that we make a whole bunch of money just to keep it and right. serve ourselves. But can you talk about, because I, I really, even for me, it took a lot. I had this poverty gospel mindset. Sure. You know? You're and, holy for being poor. Yeah. The more poor you are, the more holy you are. Yeah. I think that's a lie from the devil. But yeah. I, but, bro, I was so seeped into that. I was like, money? what is money going to do for me? You know, like that's going to take me away from the things of God. And then you get older and you, you come across passages that say a righteous man mm -hmm. leaves an inheritance for his children's children. How do you do that? How do you By being broke? Yeah. How right? do you do that? You know? Oh no, dude, it's values 100. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also, an, it's like, yes, pass down values, pass yes. down influence, but no, no, it's talking about stuff too, stuff, you know, like absolutely. things that, so they, they could start further along. They don't have to, yeah. 
and yeah man i about it yeah yeah i feel i feel a call that's part of the thing like i feel a call to like awaken the saints mm-hmm. you know to to that because yeah, yeah i journeyed to that being in ministry i understand that most people that work at churches they're not going to make a killing yeah. um and but but your perspective on finances is important yeah. and people who love the poverty gospel hate the prosperity gospel and i don't number one i, I think they're both they're not gospels like the gospel is the good news of jesus christ so like stop attaching another word that doesn't need any attachment yeah but what is prosperity i love how my pastor pastor jabin defines it yeah. he says prosperity is enough to take care of your needs and more to take care of the needs the, the needs of others that's right how can you take care of other people if you're not taken care of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then and then you hear there's Bible wealth is a Bible word. Yeah. Wealth is not like a wealth. It's all over scripture. Not a secular term. Yeah. I think about you know the Deuteronomy where it says like God's given us the power to create wealth. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by wealth? No, dude, values. No, dude, your knowledge of God. That's wealth. Yeah, but also it's money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So He's given us the power to create resource and money and wealth i would say is the ability for money to make money like where you're not you're not toiling the bible says you know you don't have to toil to be wealthy and so if you're actually in line with the call of god for your life i believe there will be a grace for you to make money and even god god ideas and insight to use that money to create even more resource so that like so that you can serve better i've been able to serve better without being a full-time pastor because of the money I've been making. That's good, man. So, but, but, but I don't want to, but people stop there. He's given us the power to create wealth. Why? So that you can establish his covenant. That's good. So the reason why, oh, why do we, oh, let's celebrate prosperity yeah. because what it allows us to do. Yeah. The number one organization that helps every natural disaster, the first people to go out is the local church. church. What are they going out? Are they going out with people? No. Are they going out with trucks? Sometimes are they going out with resource? They're going out with money. That's right. They're sending the money. That's right. So, dude, I get passionate about this because it's like yeah. when when you can unlock and you break that, and I think it's first broken by trusting God as your, your provider. Yeah. And you you I feel like you you cannot experience God's full provision without trusting him with the tithe. Yeah. Like the Bible is very clear that you're robbing from Him, yeah. uh, and this is pre-law. So if anybody says like it's not in the New Testament. I think it, it, it honestly, like, I think it's also in Hebrews where it talks about the tithe and being the tithe goes to the, the, the church. Yeah. And so the word tithe is in the New Testament for anybody that wants, for anybody who has a poverty mentality that wants to fight this concept. Yeah. And it's funny how you will, people will want to fight what I'm saying right now. Yeah, like yeah, people yeah. are like, there are a certain, there's a, there's a wave of group or a group of people yeah. that feel like there's, they have a resistance toward this kind of conversation. Right. And it, and it's like, what can you do with no money? <laughs> Like, like straight up, you can't even like, you know, take care of your family. We can't record this podcast. We can't record it. Oh no, dude, trust God. I bet you somebody's going to, we don't have to beg for miracles. Mm. If I would say money allows the miracle to happen. Right. Right. So how was I able to, you know, how was I able to impact all these people that I'm interviewing, that that I'm impacting with my podcast? Dude, this space, the, the, the equipment, like that costed me money. Absolutely. But I'm, but, but I use the money to make the impact and, and then the multiplication takes place. And God says this, like, this is what happens. He'll do more with your 90, Mm -hmm. uh, than you can do with a hundred. And so, man, I, I feel like, I hope you're not in business thinking that you're more holy by 
mm. being broke, you know? Mm. I, I hope you're a kingdom entrepreneur. Kingdom. Yeah. Think about kingdom. That yeah. word yeah, yeah, yeah. is extravagant. Yeah. That word is massive. Yeah. Yeah. But we're like, nah, dude, like just this. Yeah. And then like I just went, I'm like, dude, no, you should be the you should be taking care of every meal that you take people out on. Mm. You know, like no, you should buy you should be you should not flinch at the idea of blessing a person. That's good. That's and that good. that can only happen when you are taken care of. That's and, 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 and so, yes, it's, I think, I think we, we need some help and I want to, I want to add to that conversation, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's why I actually invested a lot of money into the guy, the mastermind that I'm in. His name's Myron Golden yeah. and he's teaching incredible biblical principles around, uh, f- for business, yeah. but also for money. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's honestly, it's rocking the church. Like it's rocking the local church because pastors are like, oh my goodness, like, I don't, like, I never knew how, like, I could teach my congregation about this. Mm. How about this? I, I dislike the fact that I had to go to secular conferences to learn biblical money principles. Oh my goodness, we're not ready for that conversation. My goodness. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're just telling me what it says in Proverbs. They're just saying it in a different way, throwing a couple <laughs> cuss words in it, like, and, and it's, I'm like, dang, like, they're, I found out recently that most secular businesses actually go through the book of Proverbs in their company. <laughs> That's fire. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. They, as they should too, yeah. though, but you know, <laughs> yeah. but like when I think about um, the church being a resource, dude, what is, I just read in Ephesians this morning, it's the, it's the minister, the preacher, it's the church's job to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry yeah. and, and equip, like your job isn't to, to necessarily, um, you know, have them do ministry, you're, you're equip them. And like, when I think about equip, I think about education. I think about empowering. I think about, you know, sharing, um, what they need to know and do in order to be effective for the kingdom. And I would love to see more churches. And I think I see this happening. I feel like we're, we're, we're headed there, but I like that the church would be, would in addition to discipleship classes, in addition to foundation and you know new journey believers and marriage and parents like that we would have money classes and and yes start you know whatever i mean i know i know the financial peace university is a thing but i don't think i don't necessarily believe that financial peace fully solves the poverty mentality you know it's 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 a it's a great mechanism and system for most you know financially illiterate people Mm -hmm. but but then there's there's more to it, you yeah. know. There there's more to this concept of investing and opportunities, yeah. uh, you know, you know, putting your money in real estate yeah. and, right. and 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 how to invest in yourself and just like how to you know use money or even like better businesses. Like you have entrepreneurs at your church. Yeah, that's right. How are they getting fed differently? Yeah. They should be fed differently. Yeah. And you, right. somebody would fight me on that, but I believe because they can move the they can move the vision of the church forward faster. That's right because of their ability to transcend time for transactional value. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about business. This is why I stay in business. This is why I'm an entrepreneur yeah. is because I, I personally, as a, hmm. as a, as a W2 wouldn't have as much freedom hmm. to accelerate finances yeah. uh, with the use of my creativity. And so that, I mean, that's the beauty of business. You can use creativity to not let time be uh, a, um, you know, a limiting factor in creating you know, revenue. Yeah. And so it, it uh, so like when you, when that unlocks, yeah. you're like, dang, now, now, now I, I have, I can, I can create infinite money. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Myron Golden talks, you know, he shares this and I'll shut up after this. No, you're good. <laughs> you know, he shares this idea of like, you know, we, we've been grown up to believe that time is money yeah. and we see it. We, it's in movies, you know, you know, we're wasting, you know, time is money, time is money, but time isn't money because time is more infinitely more valuable than money. That's right. Cause if I said, Hey, if I give, I'll give you 10 million bucks, just I'll kill you t today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, will you take that 10 mil for what yeah, you wouldn't because you know that the time is more valuable. Yeah. So then if that's the case, then why don't we put more energy and effort yeah. into making an impact and living a life that we're supposed to live? And, and yeah, so I, I think, um, yeah, I think as business owners, entrepreneurs, creatives, like you have this ability to, to multiply, you know, and I, this is, this is stewardship. It goes down to stewardship at the end of the day. Um, yeah, to multiply your time and, um, and, and make a difference with what the income that you bring. Yeah, I love that. Redeeming time, making a difference. You know, I'm thinking about Nehemiah, who has a burden to rebuild, not the temple, but the wall. Mm. And because he cares, I believe the gospel is holistic. You know, Jesus cares about the whole person, not just the soul of who you are, but he cares about your physical body, your right. mind, your relationships, finances, all of those things. And Nehemiah is like, well, if there's no wall, then people have no security. If people have no security, then they can't really function. They can't have you know, grocery stores, they can't have banks, they can't have homes, they can't have all the, like, yeah. you know, they're vulnerable to attack at all times. They're vulnerable, left vulnerable to attack all the time. And what I love is, you know, when the Lord, you know, kind of gave him the game plan to go rebuild the wall, he went to the king of Persia and the king of Persia blessed him with the resources, mm -hmm. blessed him with the money, good. blessed him with the army that will help him get this wall rebuilt. Yes. And to your point, a lot of what we're trying to do serving people, solving a problem, building the kingdom, it takes resources. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I just really, I've, I've been convicted of that. Yeah. I've been praying for lately. My prayers is Lord bless me, bless me so that I could be a blessing right. to others. And, and I think that God is pleased in that. You know? And yeah, there's a, there's a guy who's in the, like, I guess you, I, I would call him, he's in my industry, like the entrepreneurial, yeah. like, you know, creator, um, influencer, world his name's danny fleischman he has a he has a podcast called the money mondays where he interviews you know different entrepreneurs and personalities on how they have you know experienced financial increase and then what they do to invest and stuff yeah. um and i love he I, he said this on a stage at a friend's conference and he said people think it's rude to talk about money He's like, I believe it's rude to not talk about money. That's good. So like, we're just, we, we were, we were raised to think it was bad to bring it up to even yeah. begin with. Yeah. And so I, that's why I've been, I've been trying to be and it, and it, and it's uncomfortable, yeah. but I've been trying to be more transparent with how much I make yeah. and, and then sharing how I make it. Mm. Because if, if somebody can get the path and they can make more money, then cool. Like it's crazy. Sometimes I don't even go as far as that. But like when I make a video on like a full blown setup, yeah. people take that video and they start businesses with that video. Literally, they're like, "All right, I'm gonna make a full blown setup. I'm gonna rent out this space. Yeah. Or I'm gonna take this full blown setup. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start buying the very things that Omar does and do it for other people." Right. And so, like, I think I think exposing those things is really good and healthy yeah. because good. because we don't serve money to begin with. No, so uh, might as well let's just let's just talk about it yeah. and and us knowing that we can use money to make a difference. Yeah um let's let's just yeah let's let's talk about how we can make more of it let's talk about how we can keep more of it yeah. 
learning taxes is its own thing. Dude, I've learned this, that like business is like level one, you know, figuring out stage. It's like, okay, figure out your business, figure out the problem you saw, figure out how you get your customers happy and how you even find customers and all that. That's just like business. And then you make this money. The, 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 The game is like, how do you keep this money? Yeah. And then learning that uh, that's level two. How do you keep this money? And that's like taxes, business structure, uh, write-offs, and, you know, all this stuff, which is a whole nother mountain that I've been climbing. And, and I, I feel like I got a grasp on because I, I got, I got, I learned the hard way in 2020. Um, I made, I had my, made my first 100K, $100,000 a year, yeah. but I made it as a solopreneur um, or um, a solopreneur, uh, a sole proprietor. Yeah. So you're taxed on 100% of your income. So it doesn't matter if you spent it on your business. It doesn't matter. You're taxed on 100%. So if I made 100K, I got to pay 30. Crazy. But I but I only had 30 left. So that wiped us out. Uh, and I had a, I had my best year in business. Oh and then God. me not knowing that information wiped me out. You, yeah. Because the most important thing we'll pay is not taxes. And it's not the house we buy. The, more, the, most, ex, the most expensive lesson or the most expensive thing we'll, price we will pay is our ignorance. Mm. So me not knowing that I was doing business the wrong way costed me this money, but now I'm exposed to the information. So now I've, you know, I've become more valuable because I know this information. The third level is investing. Like it's like, I don't make this money in the business just to make this money. I make this money so I can learn how to keep most of it so that me learning how to invest it. And those work hand in hand, like, you know, learning about depreciation, you know, cars that weigh a certain amount to, allow you to do certain things and like just structuring your, like all this stuff. It's, it's a lot, it but it's the journey that we must go on. Right. But you also don't have access to that information if you're not willing to, if people aren't willing to share that information. And if we're afraid and we think it's rude to share that information, then you'll be like Omar and in the middle of COVID, we'll have to wipe away his savings mm-hmm. because somebody, I just didn't know, I just didn't know, right. you know? Yeah, that's good. And that's what it looks like to serve people too. Like you want to prevent people from to make that mistake. Yeah, know? like you know, Art, it, he's a, He's a contractor, my video person, and just he just got his business. You know, he's 21 years old. He's got his business credit card, his business bank account. Uh, he's got his LLC uh, in the works to get set up, and then he's gonna file as an S corp so, so that he can take all, he could take those expenses in his business and pay himself as an employee based on his personal expenditures and all that stuff. Like he's getting access to that stuff, you know, by 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 obviously the pain I had to pay uh, or the price I had to pay, but just being near you know yeah i mean this is what it looks like to be a to be blessed in order to be a blessing now his future is going to look completely different because of your advice your experience and your wisdom omar i feel like we could sit here and talk for another hour like i i mean when you answer a question you drop so many gems and i'm scrambling i'm like okay (laughs) what direction do i want to take this because we can go here we can go there but just to honor your time and respect your time uh, i got one more question for you uh, when you think about what 2024 can look like, what you want it to look like, um, what, what's, what's, what's a win for you this year? Like, what are you working towards? How can we pray for you? And, um, how can we support whatever it is that you've got going on this year? Like what, what's coming up for you? Yeah, man, I'm excited, honestly, to just like be persistent with the podcast. You know, I, I, I didn't expect how well it would do. Yeah. And I'm realizing that now this is this thing I got to steward like really well. And so similar to how you flew out here and wanted to hit a, a conversation, yeah. uh, I've got cities on my mind that I would love to just go. Yeah. 
with my with my team and then set up and then like crush podcasts with people yeah. uh, that wasn't in the plan last year you know so that's why i'm not i'm, I'm not even big on like five ten year plans because like dude plans could change you know yeah. and so that's one element you know is is just to you know get be better at you know these podcasts and be better at interviewing and and then getting getting interesting people and and I understand that like my podcast serves them as far as the quality and production, uh, but also by going to them, it is a form of service. And so, and so thank you for coming too. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, and then as far as like business wise, yeah. you know, I know that as the podcast grows, also the opportunities grow and just stewarding whatever opportunities. I find that the, the more you stay in your lane and you just stick it out and you become an expert in whatever it is you do, yeah. uh, options aren't your issue it's or options become your issue i guess you could say yeah. opportunities become your biggest issue because mm -hmm. i i realize i could do it all yeah. but now it comes down to deciding yeah, and so uh, you know i've i've, I've I'm, I'm testing out a a business uh, a model where all my content points toward a five-day challenge mm -hmm. and i'll do these five-day challenge at least every other month mm -hmm. and then on these challenges you, you that's where you get access to me yeah. Uh, and that, that's where you can learn from me yeah. in an, for an extended period of time. Yeah. And then that's where you can get invited to go deeper with whatever it is I got going on yeah. which, with the coaching and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. so trying to help as many people as I can with, with that model because you can get a lot from just joining the challenge. Yeah. But if you want to go deeper and you want the mentorship, you want access to the mastermind uh, or the inner circle, as I, I like to call it, then, then that invitation would come yeah. on there. And then as far as church, dude, I'm excited for our building. Like we're, we're going to be... We're, we're going to go from set up, tear down in a high school yeah. to a physical building that there was built as a church. It's not a, you know, a Kmart or a Walmart or a Toys R Us that was transformed, which is dope when that opportunity comes because it's cost, it's cost effective. Yeah. But this from the ground up, you know, um, building in Las Vegas, which being a part of the process of building this, yeah. uh, of seeing it and, and, and being a part of uh, trusting God by resourcing it. Yeah has been enlightening to know that building church buildings are going to get really hard mm. as time goes on, right. especially where culture is going. Yeah. So like just to even build a church is a physical building yeah. is a miracle in and of itself. Right. The relational, you know, provision that needs to come into play, the timing provision yeah. uh, that needs to come into play and all these things. And I know, I know people at pastors in town that have bought land and they still can't build, mm. but they have land. Mm. And it's just like this, Again, uh, you know, maybe a lack of access to the right information and people and stuff. But, yeah. but I'm excited for that. I'm excited. To, probably the one of the greatest joys of my life has been pioneering a church. Mm. You know, I think I think not everyone's going to experience that in their life. Unfortunately, people experience that and they get burnt out or some. And I find there's also a group of people that only want to stay in that. Yeah. <laughs> they just go from church plant to church plant because as soon as the church gets like moving and grooving and they get like I don't know forgotten about. I don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. City, yeah. <laughs> City Light in and of itself has been probably one of the most fulfilling things, um, journeying and, 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 and stewarding the community uh, with our groups and stuff like that. Yeah. And then on a family standpoint, dude, just figuring out what it's like with two kids. I don't know. You know, like right now I'm just, it's like triage. It's like Ruby over here and then Russell over here and then navigating the, the rhythm, you know, on how we, you know, s still have a happy marriage and, yeah. uh, you know, enjoy family. And That's right. Yeah. 
that's awesome. I love how you answered that question. It was so holistic. <laughs> like, there's so many things that we could be thinking about. Bro, because I'm afraid people are going to be like, bro, this guy don't care about family. Bro, this guy got a pastor. He, all he wants to do is grow his business. No, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's something that goes through my head is like, yeah. but yeah, I mean, the holistic approach. So the way, the way I actually, my years have been marked since I've been on my own. I've been my, on my own since 2016. That's when I left that church and ministry. I, I felt led to really take the beginning of every year and get a word from God. Yeah. I, I, I feel like this is very practical, spiritual yeah, advice good. that everyone can implement. What is the instruction? And usually a word from God isn't like faith, <laughs> belief. When I say like, I, you know, when you say expand. a word from God, expand. <laughs> like, sure, but more than a word, what's the instruction? What's the phrase? There's a God phrase that God wants you to sit on and walk in yeah. this entire year. So if anything were to happen outside of this, you can always come back to it, right? And so... Like last year, I felt like God's, God's uh, phrase was, you have my permission to go. Mm. And then I, you know, I, I found wow. a scripture where Moses in Deuteronomy, it says like, Moses, go and lead the people into the land that I've inherited to them. Yeah. And so the, 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 I felt like the interpretation for the application of that in, for that word was, bro, if Omar, if you don't go when the doors open, if you don't say yes to the opportunity, yeah. then you're going to rob people from their ability to... So then that's why I went ham last year. I just said yes to things. I spoke at, I spoke on conversation and, and now what I, the, 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 um, phrase I got for 2024 was, um, build structure or or like almost, um, like the foundation, like build the foundation so that last year, I'm not going to say yes to everything anymore. You know, I can't, it's not sustainable. Uh, but now it's like, I'm, I want to, I'm going to do great things in the rest of your thirties. 2024 is about laying the foundation. And so now what I'm, what I'm doing, at least it's on something firm. I'm no longer, I'm not, I'm not just like going for a yes, you know? And so that's kind of like, and I would encourage everybody to take, you know, take a week, you know, pray and fast, get a, get a phrase from God. And so now I know that if there's anything that would give me a little bit of anxiety because it's, you know, hyper stress or something, maybe I'm not supposed to, maybe if it, if it's a means of like, you know, a cherry on top type of thing, yeah. as opposed to a decision that would actually build a foundation yeah. to what I'm building yeah. and what God's having me build, then I'll, I'll reconsider to potentially not do it. Mm. You know, that's dope. That's good. That's very intentional, purposeful. Yeah. yeah, I love that, bro. You're a deep well. Even before we started uh, recording, <laughs> you were giving me some dope advice on church planting stuff. Uh, we talked even about cameras and audio, and then even this podcast. I, I feel full, bro. This is it's been a rich time spending. Cool. With you and so thank you for your wisdom your time um yeah i'm better for it and i know the the listeners tuning in are better for it and so uh god bless you and hope we can get you back because there's just so much to talk about yeah so dude, let's run it back yeah let's run it back until next time family uh peace and grace